Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, you on star power, we've got it today. LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Devontae Adams, and Tim Tebow are the headliners. Plus, Ted Turner inspired the list, and Call Me Maybe was a good song. All that and more, let's go. Here we go! Only one place to start. You know, no, normally I, I don't, I don't like, like to pat myself on the back, but tonight I will. So Russell Westbrook has done it. The unbreakable record has been broken. He now has the most career triple doubles in NBA history, 182. Federal News Radio, the play-by-play courtesy as Russell Westbrook last night surpasses Oscar Robertson on the all-time list with his 182nd triple-double. Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Congratulations, Russell. The last guy to break this record didn't know about it for years. I mean that literally. When Oscar Robertson broke this record, it wasn't a record. They didn't stop start keeping track of this until long after his retirement. They assigned him 181 career triple-doubles long after his career was over. So at least Russell gets to celebrate in the moment. Look, Russell Westbrook is a complicated player complicated. I asked everyone about it on television this morning because out of one side of your mouth, you can say Russell Westbrook is a top five point guard all time. And out of the other side, I could say, I think I could name five point guards who are better than him right now. If you include LeBron James. So which is right? It's so hard to quantify him. And it leads to today's most interesting question. One could ask, is he the most underrated player ever? One could ask, is he the most overrated player ever? But those aren't the questions today, because those are easy. In my freshman year philosophy class at Northwestern University, I learned my favorite lesson ever, and that is that the only questions really worth asking in life are the ones you cannot answer. So here's the actual question. Can you be both overrated and underrated at the same time? That's the question that makes you think. Can you be both supremely overrated and thoroughly underrated at the same time? Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Let's bring in Bubba. Bubba, you are a deep thinker. Many may not know this, but you have a doctorate in philosophy. Your thesis was titled, What Life Means, at least to me, by Bubba. So let me ask you that. What is the answer? Can a person, Bubba, be both overrated and underrated at the same time? Absolutely. And and how do you explain that? How do you justify calling a person both underrated and overrated at the same time? Well, the beauty of philosophy is you don't have to. (laughs) Very well played. Very well played by Bubba. I've got a fascinating stat. Fascinating that uh, Hembo gave me today. He actually put it up on his Twitter page. Russell Westbrook, in his triple doubles... His teams are 136 and 46. So they win 75% of the games when Russell Westbrook has a triple-double. That is a much higher winning percentage than I would have guessed. The way people talk about him, Hmm. the way people talk about him chasing stats, padding his stats, and all the rest of that, you would think that that his teams would have had a losing record in his triple-double games. That's the way people talk about his triple-double sometimes. But they actually win 75% of the games. Did you know that in Oscars, triple-double games, they won 72%. They were 131 and 50 
It's not a big difference, but it is in favor of Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is just a fascinating dude. It's so hard to quantify him. He has so long now been one of my favorite players. And I'll tell you how and when he became one of my favorite players. I was taking my kids to a game at the Garden. They were playing OKC. And it was a big game in a lot of ways. Was it OKC? Yeah, he was on OKC at the time. They were playing OKC. And it was a big game. And the night before that game on a Saturday night, you know, you're taking your kids to one game you want it to be good. The night before that game, they played a double overtime game at Philadelphia on ESPN. It was like the Friday night ESPN game. Mm. And Westbrook played something like 50 minutes. We, we could probably look it up. He played like the entire game. And I remember being very nervous saying to my kids, I really hope none of the, guy, the good guys you want to see on OKC sit this game out, even though it's at the Garden and players rarely do. But they're coming off this night where they played. It was either double or triple overtime. It was one of these really long games. It was the year Carmelo was on Oklahoma City, whatever year that was. Uh, because I remember Carmelo's return to the Knicks was also a very big deal. Well, Russell Westbrook played. I was down on the court for warm-ups, and I'm watching him warm up. And Russell Westbrook expends more energy in warm-ups than many players do in actual games. So that was the night I just fell in love with the guy. Because you know me, I'm all about playing. That guy doesn't load manage. Load management is the worst thing in the sport. This guy plays. He's got, in football, they'd say he's got a motor. So is he perfect? Of course not. Are there some things about his game that I can easily see having criticism for, that easily see picking apart? Absolutely. I totally get it. But that does not change the fact that he's a great player, and I love him. He played 52 minutes the night in Philadelphia. The next night, he had 25-7-7 in the game that you saw in New York. That's exactly right. He played 52 minutes the night before. (laughs) Back-to-back nights, both road games. Now, short trip. That was Philly. This is New York. It's a drive. It's not even a flight. But still. A lot of guys wouldn't play that second night, and he did. I'm an, I'm an unabashed fan of Russell Westbrook and his entire approach. So my entire approach today, first and foremost, is to say congratulations, Russell Westbrook. I'm Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Meanwhile, there's something... I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Something I just want you to know, and that is that Nuno, the producer of this show, is a piece of work. Nuno, I want you to turn on a microphone because we need to have a conversation. And I'll tell you why. I'm worried about you. I'm worried about Nuno. And let me explain why. So every single day, Nuno has many jobs on this show. He is the producer of this show, and he does an outstanding job. His primary job is to be constantly accumulating interesting stories, things he thinks will be interesting for me to talk about on the air, and put them into this Google document that we all keep track of. I want you to hear the way he sends me these stories, and you tell me if they seem slanted toward the negative, the snarky, and the cynical. I'm just going to read you his editorials. I'm not, you're going to know what the story is. Each one of these is followed by a link, but they all start with Nuno's opinion. So here they are. Number one, Tim Tebow gets another opportunity to play football at a position he should have moved to years ago. Number two, general manager Brian Gutenkus says Jordan Love has a long way to go in his development. No surprise, but why admit it and give Aaron Rodgers more leverage? Number three, looks like LeBron might be back on Tuesday against the Knicks, which leads me to one thing. He knows they will lose the game without him, so he's rushing to get back. Number four, it looks like baseball actually has some parity this year, but is it because there are a lot of good teams or a lot of meh 
teams. He actually wrote meh, M-E-H. Nuno, I'm concerned about you. That is a glimpse into your psyche, and the picture that it paints is not pretty. I mean, except for that, you know, the Knicks one, because slightly homerish, where's there a lie on any of those thoughts? I think my job, and hopefully I'm doing it well, is to get you to think outside the box or get any host that I work with to think outside the box and allow me to be the one with the crazy thoughts and, you know, or the cynical thoughts and be like, you know what? Hey, this guy is out of his mind, but at least he triggered something. Fair enough. I, I, I feel like I hear uh, reaction to you in your own room there. You guys are <laughs> well, in it. Devin's in a- enjoying it. By the way, I mean, I, anytime you ask me, you know, what's going on, and I say not much, that probably tells you or should tell you I do have issues. <laughs> That's true. No matter what happens, as I've told you many times, uh, Nuno will say not much. It's just a verbal uh, tick. It's like a verbal cue. So, Nuno, put your microphone back on. Literally, this could happen under any circumstances. He has just been grilled on national radio and on ESPN Plus by me for the last two minutes about his overall mental and psychological state. And right now I'm going to say, Nuno, what's going on? Not much, Greeny. That's, 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 that's his, always his response. So he's just a fascinating character. I just think it's important that you know all the people I'm surrounded by here. I got Hembo, who's just an analytics junkie and who spends his vacations traveling from one minor league ballpark to another, so he's a psycho. We got Bubba, who has the, the lengthiest list of things that that he has done in his life before he came to this job of anyone you've ever met, and Nuno, who you've just gotten to know here. It's insane. And then Devin, who even I don't know, but his takes are the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my entire life. All right, we are just getting started. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Coming up next, I'm going to make the most controversial statement that I think I have made since I came back to radio, and I am fully prepared to defend it. That is on the way next. My name is Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. KJZ. Here's what's going to happen to Zach Wilson. As long as he is a playoff-type quarterback, he can have that Philip Rivers-type career. The NFL season never ends on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Get the latest tomorrow morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Rolling along. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Paul Feinbaum going to join me in a minute here on the Goodyear Hotline. And in 30 seconds, I'm going to make the most controversial statement, Hembo, that I've made since I came back to radio. Controversial. But I'm prepared to defend it. But I will spend these 30 seconds inviting you to get a real true break with HelloFresh. HelloFresh lets you skip the grocery store, the crowds, traffic, hassle, without sacrificing delicious meals. These are whole restaurant-quality meals with fresh pre-portioned ingredients that you can prepare in as little as 20 minutes. They send all the ingredients right to your house, deliver them contact-free. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Greeny12 and use the code Greeny12. You get 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's code Greeny12 at HelloFresh.com slash Greeny12. Who would have thought that we'd be discussing Tim Tebow in the NFL over 3,000 days since he last played in an NFL game? There are guys on this roster that have played the position for five or more years in this league. Well, it was back to the future on television for us this morning with, I mean, just the absolute fire of the topic of Tim Tebow. He remains... One of the most interesting people in sports, and you can tell by the reaction as he now, I'm sure you're well aware, is going to come back with the Jacksonville Jaguars and his old coach, Urban Meyer, as a tight end. He last played in an actual NFL game over 3,000 days ago in the year 2012. Let me give you an example of a few things that were going on in 2012. Argo won the Oscar for Best Picture. Which leads me to well, ask only one question. What the hell was Argo? I don't even, do you remember that movie? I'm not old enough to have seen it. I don't, I, don't, I don't even remember the movie Argo. 2012 was the year the original Avengers came out. It was the year the Curiosity rover landed on Mars. And it was the year this song reached number two on the Billboard year-end chart. Bubba? And here comes my controversial statement. <laughs> Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen is a good song. I know this is going to make everybody very angry at me. Maybe it is because this is a, was the song of a very important summer in my life, the first year that my kids both went away to camp. And I remember it being a thing then. I remember the craze where everyone did these videos to it and all the rest of that. I will just say, Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen, is a good song. Let me bring Paul Feinbaum in on that question. Paul Feinbaum, you are one of the most influential sports commentators in America, and your opinions on Tim Tebow, I cannot wait to hear. But let me start with that. Do you agree with me that Call Me Maybe is actually a good song? No, I think that's a, you know, in the pantheon of Mike Greenberg bad tags, that, that's, at or near the top. Pantheon. <laughs> the Pantheon. So we, we did a feature sometimes on Get Up where I'd say, call me an idiot. Are you calling me an idiot on that take? Uh, I, I don't. I mean, an idiot 
you don't deserve to be called an idiot for that. I mean, that's just stupid. Uh, and, and I don't think I'll, I've ever used the word stupid in association with Mike Greenberg because I have great respect for you. You're you know, a, a, an accomplished uh, talk show host, a great writer, which I appreciate. But come on, stay. Leave, leave the music to Dick Clark, okay? Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a, there's an. Speaking of dated references, that is well done. All right, Paul, let's get that. <laughs> let's get to business here, okay? Because um, I, I'm fascinated by this. So let me just give you sort of the floor on this question: What is Urban Meyer doing, and why is he doing it? I think he's most most of all trying to help Tim Tebow. Uh, because they are they are they have one of the strangest uh, and, and unique relationships, Mike, I've ever seen. I've been around the two of them together, and and, and, and Tim Tebow does something that no one else has ever done. He he's, he has made Urban Meyer look human to me, and I admire that uh, in, in Tebow. And you know they're 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 closer than a father son. I mean, there, there's just something about it, and I think he he's always wanted to give Tim. Uh, an opportunity if it ever if it ever fit it, because urban is is part of a group of a lot of people out there and you've heard from them rightly or wrongly who don't feel tim has given been given a fair shake in the nfl and you know some of that's tim's fault he probably should have switched positions many years ago but you know bill belichick didn't offer that so he moved on and the chip kelly experience at philadelphia was not good and and i think as a result he felt like if he ever had the opportunity he would he would do this for tim and and not only does he have the opportunity being uh, the head coach in Jacksonville, that's where Tim lives, and they're they're virtually next door neighbors, Mike. They live three doors down, and I think they started talking about this. And one other thing, I mean, Tim is at a crossroads in his life. He's about to turn 34. His baseball career is done. He's he's recently married about a year and a half ago, and yeah, he he enjoys television, but sports, uh, being on the field uh, in some form or fashion is where I think he really wants to be. And Urban's giving him a chance, I think, to play, play for the Jags in, in some role and then transition to front office on the field or something along those, way, those lines. I've always thought that Tim, and look, he's, as you point out, he's about to turn 34. Only in the world of sports does that make him old. In the scheme of things, he's a very young man and has enough time to do any number of things. I have always gotten the impression, and you know Tim, a thousand times better than I do. Let me set the credentials here for anyone who doesn't know it. But you guys have been doing the the post the pregame special, you know, the, the the game day on SEC Network for how many years now? I mean, you have been with him constantly for is it seven years? Yeah, uh, we since uh, twenty fourteen, so uh, you know, seven years. So, so I mean, you know him extraordinarily well. I've always thought his ambitions. Again, I, I just this is just my impression from a distance. Go well beyond sports. Like I I, I think Tim Tebow has all kinds of ideas of ways in which he thinks he can change the world. Is, is that, um, is, is that, a, is that, that a, a reasonable view? That's accurate. Uh, I'll never forget driving in a car with him in L.A., uh, and you can imagine how long it took to get from point A to B. And I asked him about that, and, and, and he said, my goal in life is helping people. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. And I know that's contradictory to what I just said, but I, I think he needs a reentry point. And he's in Jacksonville. And I think, I think, Tim, I think a lot of people around him want him to – be introduced one more time in his home state. And, and I don't know if that's enough, but I think he, he does this, and, and you see the attention it, it's garnering. Uh, Mike, uh, on, on your program, on other shows, uh, on our program yesterday afternoon, this is the only topic going, and it, it, is, it, is, it is literally over, overwhelmed the news that Trevor Lawrence is on that team and he's the number one pick. But that we've been through Tebow mania before, 
And I just think he wants to play with this for a little bit and then make a determination. And I think when he, when he feels the crowd, uh, when he senses it again, and I think he does need that to a degree, and then he makes a decision. Uh, does he become a, the, the future head coach at the University of Florida? Does he take on a bigger role? I encourage him to get into politics a couple of years ago. And, and by the way, so did uh, the former president uh, who lives in Mar-a-Lago right now. Um, but he, I don't think he's ready for that. Uh, he'll find his way. Uh, you know, he, he, he speaks all over the world, as you know. And I just think right now this is what he wants to do because he likes being around Urban Meyer. It's such a fascinating, endlessly fascinating story. And, Paul, uh, regardless of your choice in music, you are always the most <laughs> insightful person I can think of. Thank you, my friend. It's been too long since we've caught up. I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Look forward to it. Thank you, Greeny. All right, that's the great Paul Feinbaum with me. I, I find him so terrific, and he's on the Goodyear Hotline helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. I, I did want to set aside a moment here to give you my thoughts on this Tebow thing before we move on to other matters, because I am fascinated by Tim as well. Now, you just heard Paul establish how close a relationship they have. He's been around him a million times for every one time I have. I don't know Tim well, but I have been around him. And I have said many times, I like him a lot. And the primary reason I like Tim Tebow a lot is that I believe he is intellectually sincere. And that goes a long way with me. A lot of people have opinions or positions on things that I disagree with. And if you are intellectually sincere, then I respect that. I don't begrudge an opinion I disagree with. That is closed-minded. I lose respect for people who I find to be phony, who I think they are taking positions based on the direction that the wind is blowing. Those are people for whom I have very little interest. Tim is not that guy at all. I've been around him enough to know he is the real deal. He is a devout person who believes what he believes unapologetically, and I have great respect for that. Whether we see the world the same way or not is irrelevant. There's billions of us on this planet. We all should have respect for others looking at things differently than we do. He has an intellectual integrity about him, an intellectual sincerity about him that I have always admired. And I am one of those who believe he didn't fully get a fair shake in the NFL. Because for all the things he didn't do in Denver, what he did do was win a bunch of games at quarterback. Then they got Peyton Manning, and he never got another chance. He just didn't. The Jets got him. They fattened him up like a Christmas goose. They tried to make him a personal punt protector, which isn't even a thing. And that was the end of his NFL career. So I understand him feeling as though there is a lack of closure, a lack of it being over. Now, the NFL doesn't owe him closure, and very few people get it in that sport. But as to the sports of it all, who knows? With him, that's never really been the story anyway. I will say as well that the Urban Meyer of it all is fascinating to me because one of two things are true about Urban Meyer. Either he doesn't know or he doesn't care about the way people are going to react to the decisions he makes as an NFL coach. And I tie this back to when he hired that controversial strength coach at the very beginning of his tenure. And he either didn't know what the reaction was going to be or he didn't care. But they had to change course almost immediately, and that was a little bit of a disaster. If he doesn't know what the reaction is going to be to things he does, that's a problem. That's going to be a problem for him as an NFL coach. If he doesn't care, that I understand. Because he comes from this collegiate background. And oh, by the way, he is as successful a college coach as has ever lived 
He has the highest winning percentage of all coaches who debuted since World War II. That includes all of them. Bear Bryant and and Joe Paterno and Nick Saban and anyone else. Urban Meyer's winning percentage is higher than any of them. And that's what will determine this. If he wins in the NFL, everything will be fine. He can do things that make that rub people the wrong way, upset them, whether it's his players, fans, media, it doesn't matter. Winning insulates you from everything. Winning, as they say, is the great deodorant. But winning isn't as easy. Well, I'm not going to say it's easy to win in college, but once you get things going in college, they start rolling. Yes, he just got Trevor Lawrence, but he's taken over a team that was 1-15. in 15. I think it is safe to say that Trevor Lawrence is going to lose more games in his first month in the NFL than he lost in his entire college and high school careers. And Urban in his first season will lose as many games as he is accustomed to losing in a decade in college. So how all those things are handled is ultimately going to determine how that goes. So again, I'm a talk show host. As I always say, that puts me in the interesting business. I find this an endlessly interesting story. Tebow, Urban, all of it. I, for one, cannot wait to see how the whole thing plays out. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, here we go. Today's Green List is going to be great fun. So today is the anniversary of a day that Ted Turner managed a Major League Baseball game. Hembo, I'm looking right at you <laughs> as my vice president of all things baseball. Ted Turner, who was, you know, a billionaire, owner of, he founded CNN. I feel like I need to explain who he is because it's been a minute since he was last famous. Well, he owned the Atlanta Braves. And on this day, May 11th, 1977, he managed an Atlanta Braves game. <laughs> And so this has been a topic on our show lately. <laughs> if I was an owner, the things that I would like to do. So today's green list are the top five things I would do if I owned a baseball team. Number five. Number five, I would completely redesign the ballpark menu. I think ballpark food needs to be completely rethought. This is a, a complete rethinking. I think we need the old school stuff. No question about it. You got to have your hot dogs. You got to have your popcorn and your Cracker Jack, all that kind of stuff. But I also, I, I, you know me, I like a little Nouvelle Cuisine. Now, there are some ballparks that have taken that to certain levels. I would go way higher, way higher. Give me an example. I'm going uber high-end cuisine. I'm bringing in world-class Michelin chefs, and I'm creating that kind of dining experience. In the concourse? In, no, I'm, I'm putting boxes in there, baby. I'm, putting, I'm trying to bring in a clientele <laughs> that is not traditionally at baseball <laughs> games, okay? There's all kinds of alternative streams of revenue. And I'm, I'm having 11 Madison Park open up a place at City, at, at City Field <laughs> tomorrow. Done. Give me the vegan nine-course menu with the wine pairings. That's number five. Number four. Number four. We're going to play every weekend. We're going to have at least one day game. One game played in daylight every weekend. This has been my, my campaign going back to when I wanted to be the commissioner. I've said it before. If I were the commissioner of the sport, every playoff game that is played on a weekend, every one of them mm. would be played in daylight. I'm going to have a minimum of one daylight game every weekend for my team. Home and road. I insist. I will have a fist fight with anybody who wants. Steve Cohen, let's go. I'm ready to go. I'm not playing two night games. Saturday, Sunday, you take your pick, but we're starting one of them at 105 because I want kids to watch. I want that audience. We need to get them back. Too much of this stuff is happening at night. 
we got to get one daylight game per weekend, every weekend of the year, home and road. Again, this is the green list of the top five things I would do if I was the owner. Number three. Number three, I would have, I would overrule my manager one time per week. Now, you have to be careful with this, Hembo, because you can't be too crazy. If you're the owner, you can't be up there, like, making decisions on everything that happens in a game. This is why you hire the manager. But I know me. I'm not going to be able to just sit there and watch some of this nonsense. So once a week, that's what I'll limit myself to, I will overrule the manager. That's probably going to be letting your starting pitcher stay in the game too long, right? Sometimes. One man's too long is another man's just right. (laughs) So I am going to, I will reserve the right to overrule my manager once a week. Now they wrote in on the screen uh, on TV for us, and our, our TV crew does an unbelievably good job. And again, we stream every single day on ESPN+. Plus. You can watch us live. You can watch us any time of day on ESPN+. Plus. But they put up overrule the manager at least once a week. <laughs> but that's not what I'm doing. You're, you're, not, you're now, you're now, you're, you're, I want, I'm limiting myself to once per week. <laughs> okay. At most. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to allow myself to do it more than once per week. Because really, my first thought would be to make myself the manager, period. But I think there are too many other places in which they need me. I can't be tied down to 162 days. I got other things I got to do. So that brings us to number two. Number two. I'm going to make one personnel decision per month. One per month. I know I can't make all the personnel decisions. It's not my overall area of expertise. But once a month, I'm just going to have to get rid of a guy. (laughs) I just know me. That's the kind of fan I am. And as the owner, I finally would have the right to do it. How much of a dream is this for all of us who are sports fans to own your favorite team and to get to make these kinds of decisions? So once a month, I'm making a personnel decision. I'm literally just going to call the GM and I'm going to say, I cannot stand to watch that guy. Not one more day. I want him traded now. Now. Gone. And if not traded, released. I'll give him his outright release. But, boss, he's hitting 390. I don't care. Of course, if he was hitting 390, I wouldn't feel this way. I'd feel the opposite <laughs> way. I'd be making impulsive moves. But that's why. I'm not going to allow myself to be impulsive. So I'm only going to limit myself to one personnel decision per month. That is critical. And then finally. Number one. Number one. There would be one game every season during which I would play every position except for pitcher and catcher. I don't think I could pitch because I just can't. And I know I can't catch because I'm positive I could not crouch into that position. I know I cannot. I've tried it, and I cannot stay in that position for more than a second. To me, the most incredible thing about baseball is how the catchers are able to stay in that crouch like that. I don't know how they do it. I don't know. Do they have any cartilage in their knees at all? Were you a catcher, Hembo? I was not. I mean, how do they do that? It's, it's got to be exhausting. Very much so. Years and years. Some of the guys have knee savers. They put them up behind their legs to sort of prop them up a little bit. Now, for this one here, are you talking about a, you're talking about a spring training no, game. No, an actual right? game. A regular season game? There'd be one game. That would be the Greeny game. Hashtag Greeny. Day game. I would play. Every, we'd do it on a day game so the kids could enjoy it. <laughs> I would play every position. So it's one of those. You know, first inning, I'm in left. Second inning, I'm in center. Third inning, I'm in right. Take me around the infield. And then, you know, that only gets me through seven innings, but here's the beauty of it. We do it in a doubleheader. There are only seven innings in the game. So that works out perfectly. I can play every position except for pitcher and catcher. That's what I would do if I owned 
a baseball team. Those are the top five moves that I would make. So what do you think of that? Does that work for you? I'm not a big fan of your concessions uh, plan, but I do like I, I do like uh, of all the two, things I just four. said. The one you're most concerned about is the concessions. <laughs> I'm making <laughs> trades. I'm overruling the manager, and I'm playing every position on the field. <laughs> but you're worried about the concessions. I don't want to lose my nachos and my sausage. At what the, the hell kind of baseball vice president are you? <laughs> I'm the vice president now. I've made you the VP of baseball <laughs> on this show, but your priorities are obviously completely out of whack. Coming up next, a super important question. That applies to literally every person listening. I will ask it right after this from 303 Products. Here, are you looking for professional level protection for your car's paint, but without the cost that you would pay a professional detailer? New revolutionary 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating provides just that. 12 months of protection with a simple mode of application. You can do it yourself in no time. It leaves your car's finish with insane levels of shine and depth, plus the water beating is crazy. Your car will never look better. It also helps to keep your car looking that way longer, too. The layer of protection helps to repel dust, fights off water spotting. It does this by making water shed quickly from the surface and lowering the surface temperature so the water doesn't end up drying on the paint. It's also great to use on your car's glass and wheels and trim. It's now available at Advance Auto Parts and Pep Boys locations nationwide. Or you can learn more by visiting 303radio.com. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. I am Greeny, and we are brought to you here by 303 Products, premium protectants and cleaners keep your car looking like new longer. Big question. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. This is a question for everyone, but I'm going to ask it first to Bubba, my disheveled board operator, who is an expert in many things, and one of them is etiquette, just behavior and the appropriate way in which to do things. At one time, uh, many people may not know this, Bubba was a noted columnist on etiquette and has written several books on the subject, the most famous of which was called Etiquette by Bubba. Here's my question. When it is someone's birthday, is texting a happy birthday gift 
a suitable acknowledgement of that birthday, or is more than that required? Bubba. Well, I personally am not a big uh, happy birthday gift guy. No. But um, I would say I think it's perfectly fine, as, you know, as long as we're not talking about you know, your wife. Um, <laughs> so you're saying it is determined by the closeness of the relationship. Yeah, I think it's more, but I think outside of your immediate, fa- uh, your immediate family, I think it's perfectly acceptable to, yeah, because you're saying happy birthday. That's what it is. I mean, what, what else are you going to say? I mean, it's, that's what the gift is. It says happy birthday. Here's I'm, why I I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, I personally am not going to do it. I'm just going to text happy birthday and move on with my day, but um, I think it's fine. Here's why I ask. Hambo, I'll bring you on in this as well. Here's why I ask. Because it is my brother-in-law's birthday today. He and I are very close. And I sent him. I woke. I had on my list of things to do because mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person who will forget anything. So I had it on my list of things to do today to, that it was his birthday. I didn't send any instructions to myself. It was just on my list. So I woke up and I sent a happy birthday gift. What time? To him. Uh, I don't know. Real early. Like, Five. <laughs> Five something this morning. Five o'clock in the morning. In you the sent him a happy birthday gift. G- correct. So he'll wake up to it. Whenever he wakes up, there'll be a gift there for me. Have a real cute one too. It's like a mariachi band, and then it opens up into the words "Happy Birthday." How old are you? It's a very. I'm fifty three. And how old is he? He's older than me. So it's it's an adorable, <laughs> an adorable gift. I like it. So here's my my point: is I'm going to go home. I'm predicting this. I'm telling you exactly what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen the rest of my day. I'm going to get home, and Stace is going to say, did you call Lewis for his birthday? And I'm going to say, I sent him a, a gift. I sent him a happy birthday gift this morning. And she's going to say, that's not enough. You need to call him and say happy birthday. And I'll say, well, why do I need to do that? Why is it not enough just to have sent him this birthday gift? And she is going to argue that I'm wrong. So I'm looking for ammunition on my side of this debate because I know it's coming later in my day. You call him on the phone normally for any other reason. Occasionally, yes. So that's how I determine whether or not you should call someone on their birthday. Is would you would you otherwise call them? It sounds like he's sort of an in between. Well, it's not daily. I wouldn't. I don't call him every <laughs> single day. But I don't call anyone every single. You don't check day. in daily with Lewis. No, I don't. I don't check in daily with anybody. So I, that that to me is the question mark here. Is is that a suitable acknowledgement? I think it's more than just a text. See, if you just text the words "Happy Birthday." then I feel you've done less than if you've actually sent the gift for a variety of reasons. One, you have to find the gift, which requires a little effort. Two, you have to choose them, and you choose one that I think you feel is reflective of the mood and of the relationship. So I feel there's a little more thought given, a little more time, energy, effort, and thought given to this. It almost could be described as a gift on the birthday. Oh, come on. It's a, it's a minor gift, admittedly, but it's a gift. On some small level. Did you level, pay for it? I did not pay you for it. You didn't pay it, for the gift. But many, I mean, the best gifts I ever got in my life were made for me by my children. They didn't pay for them. So that can't be the determining factor in what makes something a good gift or not. I think a gift is a good gift. The gift is a gift. I think that it is a perfectly suitable acknowledgement of a person's birthday. I, no, but your wife also taking it too far if she wants you to call him. I'm not, I'm not. Well, what's in the middle? Then what am I supposed to do? Write him a handwritten letter? I mean, what, what are you telling me I should do? What's between the gift and the call? A sentence or two long text. That's, that's in between. Do you think that's greater than the gift? Than the mariachi band? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, have you seen my mariachi band? I've not. They're awesome. And they're singing <laughs> happy birthday. 
That's way better than a sentence. I can't write anything that interesting. Are you kidding? It's a fabulous gift. It's more effort. It would be more effort to sit down and write two or three sentences about how much you enjoy Lewis and how happy. Oh, no, it would not. That would not take any effort at all. That's not a lot of effort in that. I write things effortlessly. You've seen me. I write a whole, I write four hours of shows every single day. You think I can't write a 30 second happy birthday note? I think that my gift is better. I don't. Parenthetically. I, I assume your, your wife is going to call him at some point, right? Oh, for sure. So she'll call him and say happy birthday. Why don't you, just, why don't you just hop on the phone real yeah. quick? What's up, Lou? Happy birthday. But then... she'll have called him at, at the, by the time I get home. Oh, so Maybe she should have waited uh, there. Yeah. I'll take it a step farther. She, she'll probably FaceTime him. Oh, There'll man. be a FaceTime going on, which is another step up from the call. So now we have, yeah. we have the text. In my opinion, this is the pecking order. The text is the lowest. The GIF comes in above the text. The call supersedes the GIF, but then the FaceTime is the number one of them all. That's right. I just think you have the GIF and the text swapped. Oh, I disagree. Uh, otherwise, completely. your totem pole is good. I, I, I think, I think that the other, we haven't even gotten to the real question here, which is if you say GIF, I'm leaving the room. This is a GIF. I can't even take it. Alex Trebek said GIF. He said GIF. I don't like that. I loved Alex Trebek, but that, it's got to be a GIF. That makes, no, that makes him right and makes us wrong. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. What is, I disagree completely with that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm glad we got to the bottom of my etiquette question. Coming up next, the best answer I've heard to the question of the day, and the question of the day is not about etiquette on people's birthdays, but it is about a player who makes everybody yell and scream. That's next. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.